range of authors, journalists, civic leaders, historians, and generally interesting people exploring the importance of the written word, the value of a library, and their own inspirations and motivations. Based in Lordani Connolly in the James Connolly Visitor Centre, Belfast. Giadiv August Falcha Arash Higlor Eglorlan E Connolly. You're very welcome back to our podcast here in RSE Connolly, the James Connolly Visitor Centre on the Falls Road. I'm delighted today to welcome our second guest um, here on the podcast, Margaret Ward. Uh, Margaret is a, a feminist historian who's best known for her writing on Hannah Sheehy Scaffington, um, which was originally published um, in 1997 um, and then relaunched as a second edition here in Lorlani Connolly last year uh, under the title Fearless Woman. Um, she also released a book called Unmanageable Revolutionaries, which looks at the history of women here in Ireland, uh, particularly within the revolutionary movements. In this week's podcast, Margaret talks about how she came to learn about the role of women in Irish history how it wasn't always an easy path to follow, and how during her own time as a student at Queen's University, she actually met with Nora Connolly O'Brien. And so I'll leave you to enjoy this latest episode with Margaret. Don't forget you can follow us on Spotify and you'll be notified of any new episodes, or you can keep up to date on our social media or Buzzsprout accounts also. Hello, I'm Margaret Ward, and I'd like to thank the James Connolly Centre for inviting me to speak about my experiences as a writer and historian. My first book, Unmanageable Revolutionaries, was published in 1983. That's nearly 40 years ago now, but in fact, my interest in what Irish women were doing and different movements for national liberation began many years before that. In the mid-1970s, I was a graduate student at Queen's University. It seems a cliché now to say you can't be what you don't see, but at that time I had never been taught by a woman and it was an all-male faculty and I'd never read anything in my studies about women's activities. And I'd started out as a research student looking at the life and work of James Connolly, but I soon found that my main interest was the many women that Connolly worked with, and I wanted to know more about them. But I was told by my supervisor, well, women hadn't done anything. If they had done something, it would have been written about, and it hadn't been written about. It was really hard to... uh, kind of break down that that stupid argument. I was also then a member of the Socialist Women's Group, part of the second wave feminism uh, that was in Ireland in the mid-1970s. And so saying that about women just didn't feel right and it certainly didn't accord with the fact that I could see women all over Ireland being active at that time. Eventually, after a long struggle, I changed my research to look at women and the Irish nationalist movement. So, obviously, the 1970s was a time of of, uh, great troubles in the North. It was also a time of great political discussions as we tried to make sense of where we were and what was happening. People's Democracy set up a, a Connolly Society in the Green Briar that was in the Glen Road at the time. 
and to inaugurate the Connolly Society, Fergus O'Hare and I went down to Dublin to meet Nora Connolly O'Brien. Now, she wasn't uh, strong enough to travel up to Belfast at the time, but she was very keen on giving a, a, a note to inaugurate the society, a note of encouragement. And we recorded her and she spoke about the very famous mill workers strike in Belfast in 1911 and the influence of her father in Belfast. It was a, a huge thrill for me. And when I reflect back now, I shook the hands of Nora Connolly, the woman who herself was a, a fine activist, and she was the daughter of James Connolly. So I have a, a, I feel I have a personal link to Connolly through that. And through the course of my research, I was privileged to meet a number of other women who had been politically active in the 1920s. And so as I discovered more about women, I gave talks. Um, I really tried to show people that women had been active. And I was finding more and more as I went down to Dublin and did research in the National Library, read newspapers, tried to find out more, spoke to women like Maura Comerford, Ethna Coyle, Sheila Humphreys, knowing that they were active um, and that they had kept memoirs, but nobody had read them, nobody knew very much about them. So as well as the Connolly Society, there was the People's College, there was the Workers' Educational Association. There were any number of women's groups bringing up at that time. And so I spoke more and more to uh, those groups about what women were doing. And I also, we had a newspaper at the time, Women's Action. I would write up some of my research there. And so eventually, uh, rather than write a thesis that would be academic and probably put on a shelf and nobody would have uh, ever looked at it, um, Pluto Press in London phoned me and said they heard about my work um, Somebody had been at one of my talks and had mentioned it to Pluto and would I think of publishing with them? And that seemed um, unbelievable to me. I didn't know anyone who wrote books. Um, I had some chapters kind of written. So I spent one summer madly writing this book. Um, I, I could only write with type with two fingers so it was very slow going about five pages a day but I managed to get it done and it was published and as well as that I was finding out that we had a, a very strong suffrage movement here uh, I kept hearing and reading about a woman called Hannah Sheehy Skeffington who was an Irish suffragette but she was also uh, a member of Sinn Féin and an activist and when I wrote about her in Women's Action we got a letter from somebody called Andre Sheehy Skeffington querying some of the detail in my article and so I got to meet Andre, who was the daughter-in-law of Hannah Shee Skeffington, another link between first and second wave feminism in Ireland. And gradually I started to do more research on Hannah and eventually published a biography of her in 1997. And then it was reissued and a much expanded um 
book in 2019, Fearless Woman, which I'm delighted is on the shelves in the Connolly Centre. And I'm so pleased that nowadays there are there are more researchers making uh, uh, new books, making the most of the new material that's out there. And a lot of it is online. It's accessible to anyone who wants to find out more of what women were doing. The Bureau of Military History in Dublin uh, has all the witness statements of people involved in the War of Independence, and there are a number of uh, of Belfast women within that. Uh, women who had been active also applied for pensions, and their pension applications are there, and they they write about what they had done at that time. So there's still so much more to find out um, and to read about in books yet to be published. And I think there is no substitute for reading something at length that has been published and has been researched and it is there for everybody to find out. And I feel really privileged that I was at a time uh, in history where I was able to to do that work, even though it, it, it took me a year of struggle to get queens to accept that women had in fact done work and that work deserved to be uncovered and to be written about.